<laughs> yes, speaking of scary. Yeah, yeah, speaking of scary. Okay. <clears throat> so, Alpha Waves episode. It's our Halloween special. I was going to say the number, but, but I was really like, I can't even. <laughs> I was waiting so, for the number. For our Halloween special today, we're bringing back one of our favorite guests, Jerry. Do you want to introduce yourself again? What, what? <laughs> Welcome back. Great to have you thank back you. in the building. Yes, thank you. I'm loving the second invite. Oh. Um, so, hey, for those of you that may not have heard me before, my name's Jerry. I am the founder of a social enterprise called the Uncommon Collective. Mm -hmm. And we predominantly work with black and brown people to create better inclusivity and representation in the education system. You heard me. <laughs> <laughs> so we are so happy to have you on our Halloween special today. I feel like I'm just going to keep saying Halloween special because <laughs> it's the first special episode <laughs> that we're doing. It's true. So it's, uh, it's a special time. But this episode, uh, following on the theme of Halloween and scary things, is all about our fears things that we are scared of, things that we've had to find courage against. So tell me, whoever wants to go first. <laughs> oh Don't be scared, guys. Damn. Tell me, what, what's, your, <laughs> what's, your, what's your... You know what? I think because everything's changed so much, you know, from the pandemic, I think what would be really interesting is to talk about what, you were scared, what your fears were pre-COVID and what they are now post-COVID or if they're the same. Hmm. Okay. Post COVID. What were you scared know. of before the pandemic? So you, you see, my one fear in life here <laughs> yeah. has got nothing to do with pandemics or anything. <laughs> like I was going to say, yeah. <laughs> okay, we'll I'm start just there. really like, really, really like. <laughs> okay. I'm scared of being on open water. Really? Snap, me too. Mm. Oh, okay, hold on. What do you mean when you say open water? So like the ocean. Are you saying, like, if you was on a boat in the middle of the sea, you wouldn't jump yeah. off them? Yeah, I wouldn't even want to be on, on that boat. boat. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. As a kid, I didn't even like walking over piers. Like, really? if I could see water underneath me, I used to be a bit funny. Was that trauma led or? No, I just didn't. I find that so funny because you're a Pisces. That's I a know. water sign. It's strange, but yeah. I wonder yeah. what happened wow. in a past life. <laughs> I know. I don't mind being in the water, though. It's just, like being, a pool. just being over it. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, no, mm. I mean, on that, I don't like. Um, Maybe because you know that there's things in the water and you just can't see it. That's kind of what gets me sometimes. I don't think it's anything to do with that. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know where it is. What about you? Well, no. I, I don't like... Um, God, what am I afraid? I mean, I suppose on that point, so talking about water, I don't like... Because um, I'm not a strong swimmer. Mm. I don't like... Um, like going into the sea yeah. where I can't touch the bottom because mm, yeah, I can't yeah. or oh, that feeling yeah. and, I, and I, don't, I don't mind being on boats but I've mm. got off like I've been on I can't remember on a holiday somewhere you're in the sea I got off the boat I sort of like was treading water and I'm not very good at treading water and I sort mm. of looked around and you know when you look around and there's just nothing but what water, what water. <laughs> oh god and I, and I was like no 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 get me back on that. the boat now yeah, I, I love being that. in the pool like in a swimming yeah, pool yeah, or yeah. at the edge of water yeah. or on a boat is great but I could not be out in the water. Well, I can never do that anyway because I can't swim at all. So, <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. that's just a myth. So, yeah, I suppose, you know what, my fears, I mean, oh, the pandemic brought, I wasn't really, I, mm. there's nothing I can think of. I mean, so because fear is such, I was thinking about this coming up, fear is such a huge topic. Mm. And I think the reason I say it's a huge topic is because like so, 
because it can feel like a negative emotion, people mm. don't want to get to grips with it. But yeah. I was thinking about this and I thought, like, I have had so many fears in my life. And there's so, like, Darren was saying, there's kind of like the, there's the, and actually looked it up, there's almost like seven stages of fear. Okay. Mm. And it can range from, like, disbelief to panic to, I can't think of it, like, almost like sort of schizophrenia, like, you, mm. um, like you can't move, you can't mm. move because you're afraid. There's like seven layers of fear. Mm. And I think like, because fear is such a negative, it's seen as like a negative emotion. Yeah, People don't want to get to grips with it. Yeah. But I actually often think like my fears, and I've had them since I was little, and they range depending on where you are in your life. Like a lot of the times, there's some that I've overcome, mm. and there's some that just carry with me. And I think like, so mm -hmm. there's some that when I think about my fears, you know, some that are just, you know, your little devil and your little mm -hmm. angel. Mm -hmm. And it's that little voice, your inner voice. And so, so a lot of that has, has stayed with me, but I have managed to control it. And as I've got older, mentally, I've been able to quieten that voice. But mm -hmm. the fear is still there. Like, for example, I was thinking about this the other day. Um, like... I'm a black woman who operates in very white spaces. I work in the advertising industry. Mm. So I'm in a lot of white spaces and I have to have meetings with very high level mm. uh, white men, you know, and that is scary for me. You know, yeah. I, I do like, and I've been doing my job 25 plus years, but at times I'm like, whoa, there's mm. no one that looks like me that has gone before me. Like how are these guys gonna yeah. perceive me? Like mm. what the hell, what am I gonna say? But. And I broke this down because I had a coaching session about this. Partly there's the internal fear, like my own mental brain is telling me like, you're not good enough. Mm. You're, you're, this is a new space for you. You're not gonna be smart enough. You don't know, you can't speak their language. There's a constant like, there is something that they know that I don't know. Yeah. So that's that level of fear. Um, but that is a level of fear that I've, I kind of always had because I'm, mm. um, you know, I'm an ethnic minority growing up in England, so I'm in the minority. So there's always a level of fear of approaching certain spaces where you're not the minority and you've never, you've not done it before. But I have generally managed to take to grips with that fear and turn it around. Like, hmm. so again, I think again, like I say, like fear is such a huge emotion and people don't want to talk about it, but fear is, can be a positive thing. Can you break it down for us? Like how, so say even with that example, what would be your process of getting to grips with it? Like what does that actually look like? Do you brush off that voice off the shoulder or do you kind of yeah, address I mean, the voice? Do you ignore you, well, it? Well, firstly, you need to understand what your voice is saying. Yeah. <laughs> so you really need to be able to look at yourself and be like, what is it that I'm afraid mm. of? So what is it that you're afraid of and why? Like, where does that come from? Yeah. Mm. So like the fear of moving into these white spaces comes from the fact that, you know, m my parents always told me, you know, I'm first generation, my parents from Nigeria, they always told me, you know, like, you've got to work twice as hard mm. you, you, to, to succeed, you know, like that kind of thing that a lot of ethnic minorities are told. Yep. So instantly, I feel like I am not good enough, instantly. Yeah. Like, and I don't get me wrong, I love that saying, and I, and I do t teach my son that, because there's a reason why we teach our kids that, because we are in a minority, but what it also does is teach you that you are not, you're not quite good enough. Mm. So, and, and it's a real balancing act. So for me to deal with that initial fear, it's understanding like, what am I afraid of? And then where is that coming from? Like mm. where, where is the, like, where is the original, the orig origins of that fear? So like you were talking about water. So I was like, right, is there a trauma? Because fear doesn't come from nothing. Fear yeah. comes from 
something, something happening to you somewhere somehow mm. so breaking down and understanding what that what's caused that fear and then you kind of almost like it's like in the army you have to then build yourself back up so it's kind yeah. of like okay i'm gonna be afraid but what first. can i do so what can i do to make myself feel more comfortable mm. in those situations so is it so for me sometimes especially in work situations it's a lack of confidence mm. so it's like okay do you know what um I'm going to learn. I'm, I'm going to teach myself. I'm going to self-teach myself. I'm going to hit some books. I'm going to do some reading. I'm going to make myself feel more confident in that situation mm. so that yeah. I feel armed with tools. Yeah. That's Even like just giving a, yourself a pep talk. You know? Yeah, that's or, at a basic level. Mm. The other thing I do is, um, again, like for me, dealing with that fear means, well, okay, I have to go from like a fixed mindset, which says, like, you can't do it. A fixed mindset will tell you, you cannot do this. You are stuck in this position. This is all you're good at. A growth mindset will say to yourself, okay, you are here, but you have the capabilities to get to over there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So then I have to shift that and I have to like, so for me, it then becomes like affirmations, talking to it, giving mm. myself that pep talk that says, okay, you're afraid, but you can get there and yeah. this is how you're going to do it. So it's, it's about breaking it down in stages, like building your confidence up, Understand. So if you know why you're afraid, what is it? Is it a lack of confidence in a subject? Is it the fact that you've, and again, I use work as an example, is it the fact that no one's done it before? So actually to that example, some of my fears, especially in this workspace, is, is that there is, I, I'm the highest, most senior black woman in the company that I work up for, in about, mm. and that's got about 1,200 to 1,500 people, which wow. is crazy. Mm. I'm not that high, I'm like, I'm, I'm like, it's ridiculous in fact. <laughs> but the fact that nobody of color has gone before me, mm. I can't do anything about that. Mm. So I know I need to carry that fear. Like, so that fear has caused some sort of like anxiety because I'm like, shit, if no one's done it before, is it even possible? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. you know what? But this is what I'm saying. You have to get to grips with your fear because I have to be, I now recognize I have to be the person who paves to, the way. To, to pave the way. So mm. I have to take my fear and deal with it like i have to i have to swallow that fear okay. so yeah it's kind of like that's why i say there's different levels of fear so mm. like you have to take it and swallow it <clears throat> package it up and use it as my motivation to get mm. me to that point so that other people coming behind me can go she did it so yeah. it can be done yeah i love that and you know what i like that perspective of looking at fear in that way because the way that i'm kind of hearing it is find the lie you know because fear will always give you some kind of lie which will be you're going to fail you're going to embarrass yourself you're not good enough there's something wrong with you and so it's up to you to face that and find the truth mm. which is the truth is that came from that so it's not that i'm not good enough i just feel this way because of xyz yeah. and so now I need to deal with that and then kind of do practical things to overcome your fears. It's funny because with the, everything that you were saying with the whole affirmations and that part of stuff, there was a time where I was kind of very scared of looking silly or not being good enough with certain things or especially in creative spaces. I don't know if, you know, you guys have kind of come across this, but feeling like your work might not be well received or you're not actually as good as you think you are. 
or anything like that especially when you're first starting to create and stuff and so I made like a little cam box which was filled with post-it notes that were all just like different achievements that I've done or you know memorable moments in my life and I just pick one out at random every day or whenever I feel like it just to remind myself like you've done this so you can do that yeah, like if you've exactly. done this thing that you thought you couldn't do you can do anything else that you think you might not be able to do yeah absolutely and I think yeah. that's another thing is you've got to recognize if there's fear that's why I say like if mm. there's fear then there's change yeah like they they do kind of go hand to hand you mm. um like the, the 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 biggest the biggest um fuel of fear is your own mental ability but yeah. the biggest um the biggest thing tool you have to get over fear is your own mental ability it's kind <laughs> of like that it's, it's a you know what I mean like your, yeah. your brain and what you feed yourself and what you tell yourself will keep you Where in you a bad relationship be. it will keep you in a bad role it will keep you not trying because you're constantly telling yourself I'm not worthy I'm not good enough and then once you start on that mm. you find things to reinforce that yeah like they will just come to you like you know what I mean like it's so easy once you start once you've accepted that fear about yourself you will find things that continuously reinforce that and that's what your brain does it looks for yeah. connections so mm. what connections do you want your brain to find but the minute you start feeding your brain more positive things and you start recognizing that with fear can come change mm. and so therefore okay i'm in a bad relationship but there is there might be a way out of this yeah but i am still a good person like this so i'm using a relationship but you know this bad relationship doesn't define who i want to be in the future mm. or that there is a better person waiting for me in the future than maybe the person that i am not a better person that's not the right word but there is there is there is a brighter day coming mm. then you start finding ways to again like using your mental strength to help you find more positive things that can push you mm. forward so yeah your 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 you know like fear is very much governed a lot of times by I mean, lots of things, environmental, emotional, but your brain and your what you're telling yourself is such a huge part of like getting to grips with it. That's that makes so sense. Do you think that's the same case with fear linked to trauma? Oh, that's you know what? It's funny because oh, I was also thinking about that. It depends on the trauma mm. because so being like I I I I was afraid of dogs. Okay. I am currently right, but <laughs> that I know is exactly something. Why. Yeah, exactly, and that was linked to a trauma. Yeah, mm, walking yes. down the road, being very young, and like basically this this dog sort of. Oh my god! Sorry, <gasps> sorry, sorry, sorry. That <laughs> no, just reminded me of something. Oh, so I'm walking down the road, freaking out prematurely, yeah, and this this huge dog sort of like just just barred my way, like all teeth. Just, I was not getting past this dog. The dog yeah. was going to have oh me. Oh, my days. Did and it, the only thing that saved me was because my dad happened to be, I was around the corner from my house, my dad happened to be walking around down the road. And I sort of was like, Dad, and my dad was just, anyway. No, so, that is so scary. I would never get over that. My trauma was watching a documentary about <laughs> a dog attacking <laughs> a girl. So I would never. <laughs> I don't want to laugh at your experience. <laughs> yeah, so but, but I'm going to laugh. <laughs> Because you said something that triggered something real with me and you, but yours is a documentary. Mine was a real like, life. But I saw it, and the documentary was about an eight-year-old girl. And at the time, I was eight-year-old, eight oh, years wow. old, and I was like, "No, this this is too real." Yeah. And then also, my uncle had a really scary dog that was known for being just very, very Vicious. terrifying. Yeah, I feel like everyone's got a dog story. You know? yeah. yeah, I remember when I was young, mm. we, there was like a cage we used to play football in, 
there was this woman in the flats that would have two dogs and then she would just let them go at each end of the cage and we couldn't get out. (laughs) 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 And then one day, it's not funny how it ended, but one day one of the dogs died and she just changed as a person completely. But for years, she would just trap us in this cage and we we were just going... This that's junior cruelty. school, yeah. That's, that's crazy. That story just <laughs> kept taking turns. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that is cruel. But yeah, wow. to, to your point, that mm. that is something you can overcome. Like, yeah, you can go to weirdly enough. So this is a bit random, but <laughs> I was watching Blue Peter with my son, and the, one of the presenters is afraid of dogs. Yeah. I have to say, this might be like, as as we're all ethnic minorities, and the woman on Blue Peter was also a black woman. There's a, there's a, there's a, there's <laughs> might a be theme a thing here, here, people. There's a theme here. <laughs> ethnic minorities and dogs don't don't mix. Um, but um, yeah, and and she was afraid of dogs, mm. and so but she went to like the dogs trust, and they do lessons. So yeah. that's what I'm saying. You can. There's some trauma you can mm. overcome. Mm. <sighs> I think an important part of fear as well is recognizing when something is out of your hands and when you just need help with Mm, it, you know, because there's some things that you can kind of think your way out of and talk your way out of. And then you find that you're just thinking and talking your way into circles, you know, like one thing going back on my original question about pre and post pandemic fears. I feel like one fear that really was not really that present for me as much pre-covid as it has become now and that is hypochondria it is taking over my life like i just constantly feel you know have i got this is there this wrong with me is there that this thing wrong with me and they're going to the doctors all the time and that's something that i'm realizing i have to kind of try and seek some help for that because it's just taking over completely and i think that's some that's a fear that i that is a terrible fear because you'll look at any mark on your body and you're like <gasps> death <laughs> and it's that extreme <laughs> and then it's so funny that you said your brain will make you think certain things because then you'll start thinking no that's just a scratch and then your brain will find different things to really make you believe that it's something deeper than than what it is and I think concerns about my health and I'm sure that this is happening to you to loads of people post covid that's something that's becoming so apparent for me now maybe because as well covid is based on flu-like symptoms which is something that has always seemed so normal and harmless and was you afraid of catching covid Hmm? was you afraid of catching covid i was until i caught it (laughs) oh you had it yeah i had it in uh february time oh this year yeah yeah this year yeah so up until then i was like I was kind of scared of COVID, but then also I'd heard so many things about people being okay with it and then the complete opposite with people having horrific experiences Mm. with it. So I just really didn't know what to think. And then when I got COVID myself, I was like, okay, this is definitely no normal flu (laughs) because when it leaves, you finally feel healthy and normal again. Like you can feel it in your cheeks. But um, in your cheeks, (laughs) for real. I'm glad you said it. I beg, tell me you're talking about your face cheeks. <laughs> yes, yes, I am. <laughs> you know what's jokes? As soon as I said it, I was thinking in my head, I shouldn't have said that. <laughs> no, but I really could, like the heat in my face. Oh, yeah, yeah, like it just left when I when I felt better. 
well. but yeah that that kind of changed things for me because yeah. i was like okay we all had it we all survived it was horrible but but it wasn't as bad luckily for me as i thought it was gonna be yeah yeah definitely do you know again it's yeah. that thing i think like with covid in particular that was mm. a new level of fear yeah like, i wasn't I'm I'm quite a, a realist. I'm quite mm. practical. So I was like, okay, there's this virus. You know, I'm doing all the things that are saying, washing hands. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. I wasn't doing the like, you know, I was like, okay, all this like, don't go and see your parents. I was like, Mm-mm. my mom's <laughs> seventy, and she don't live with me, so I'm still gonna go. You know, mm. like, yeah. yeah, I was being a realist about it all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think there came a point where I was like, oh my god the media and the news and the the, the, I, had the, the I had to stop i had to pull away because then i was literally like <laughs> i was looking at people like they were lepers it was and that's not me you know that's yeah, not yeah. me and i was yeah. like mm, they, i can't i can't live like this i need yeah. to maintain a level so i think the pandemic just it, and i do worry because i feel like um some it has triggered some things in mm. people that we're not really we're not really aware of yeah or we're not really understanding yet you know um you know like some people have become more anxious you know anxiety ocd yeah ocd exactly all mm. that kind of stuff has been triggered and that is all fear-based yeah. it's all fear-based so again it goes back to that point of you know you, there are some fears that you can self self-manage yeah you know not easily and i'm not saying they were uh, you know i'm not taking mm. anything away like the power of fear doesn't necessarily always mean it will go away mm. you know, that's why i said there's levels of fear yeah there's kind of like panic and easy fear of um you know i'm trying to think something really easy like okay Insects, like the dog spiders, spiders, aliens. spiders Insects, you know okay. kind of things, yeah. yeah yeah something we'll easy that, that you can you can manage you <laughs> I know said being scared of aliens but <laughs> no, because but i say insects because i feel like a lot of people mm. actually live with that fear on a daily yeah but they know how to manage it you can manage it to kill the thing or yeah something exactly like that. that exactly yeah, that yeah, yeah. but you know then there's there's that other kind of intense fear where your whole body is gripped yeah you cannot leave the home you you know like you and and yeah. that is where you do need to you know, seek self-help rather than self-soothe. Yeah, exactly. Mm. That's where you need self-help. So there's yeah. there's always tools to help you kind yeah. of manage the fear. And you also need to recognise that fear is part and parcel of like all your bag of emotions. Mm. So it's, you shouldn't, I agree with you that. Shouldn't it. It you shouldn't despise it. It shouldn't be demonised. Yeah, you, know? you shouldn't despise it. Yeah. You should be like, okay, like like all emotions, you've got to recognise it's here. Yeah, like, and yeah. kind of it takes away its power when you remember this is an emotion, just like mm. any other emotion. You kind of have to you. feel your way through it. And I do feel like fear sometimes can be a really strong driver as well. Because one thing, again, going back to pre and post pandemic, one thing that I was kind of scared of before COVID hit was getting started with my stuff and doing my stuff and taking chances because I was like, oh, how what will happen? How it will be received? All those all those fears that you kind of mentioned before mm. that that time with self doubt, and then after COVID and during, it, it was suddenly being scared of what if I don't get to do all the things I wanted to do, you know? Mm. And that's when it kind of changed and fear became a driver, mm. and I am doing the things that I've wanted to do. So yeah, it can definitely be almost a friend if if you let it with certain scenarios. Yeah. No, mm. no, agreed. Like, yeah, it's def it can definitely be motivational. Yeah. Um, so Darren, I was going to ask you, like, what are you afraid? Like, what's your fears now? Um, I can't really quantify my fears if I really, I don't know. I, I, at one point, I wouldn't say recently, but my most recent fear that I can think of was I felt like I was 
going down a path of success almost and responsibility and I almost at one moment feared of what I was becoming like who I was mm. becoming to people for one brief moment but then I accepted it as this what do you is mean by what I was becoming to people because some people started like I reached the point before you got a bit too big for your boots huh you got a too, <laughs> bit too big for your boots <laughs> <laughs> oh Darren no I didn't so. get too big for my boots but you know I don't know if you've ever been in a position where <clears throat> everybody's turning to you and you're becoming the person that is like the leading light in a lot of people's oh, lives okay. mm. so either you're helping this person do mm. that do this whatever it um, feels like the weight is on your shoulders a little bit almost mm. and it's like I looked at myself and I didn't see myself I didn't feel like I was ready to become that person mm. at that time yeah. so it was almost a fear of mine to <coughs> take a few steps back to mellow myself back so that it doesn't go too crazy but yeah, I overcame that. So I don't... I'm trying to think since then, I what's been a fear? I understand that fear. I kind of felt that way not too too long ago. Because I was thinking, and when you're on your way to getting the things that you want that you deem as, you know, making you successful, yeah. you've got your eye focused on, on a goal kind of thing and what you want. And then when I got those things, I was really scared of having those things. Because I was like, well, no one really tells you what, what to, to do, do or it. what kind of mindset to adopt when you have the success you want, mm. you know? And then I was just like, yeah, I was kind of experiencing that. Like, what do you, how do you keep your success, I guess? Yeah. Mm. That's a fear. I think yeah. a lot of people don't even think about. I don't yeah. think that's something you can even think about until you get there, though. Yeah, Just that's a fear situations. that comes yeah. with the, with that stage of life. Um, yeah, I'm actually trying to think of a fear, you know. <laughs> I don't really have one. Tell us about what makes you so courageous then. <laughs> 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 like, how do you keep yourself above fear? Like, what's your kind of process or what kind of mindset you, you keep yourself in to um, be, stay that way? Depends on what aspect you're talking about. In terms of, like, moving into new situations or mm. anything like that i remember somebody saying to me um not not to be scared of letting go of things because you're opening your hands to new opportunities basically mm. yeah so that 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 was just like a key thing in terms of moving on from situations in terms of being courageous i just feel like you don't really have time to not be <laughs> almost <laughs> if I'm being I honest you don't really have time not to be you yeah. just have to kind of just <clears throat> get on with it and if it works it works if it doesn't you go mm. again almost but I'm making it sound like there's no there's, I there's love never that so much I love that because down moments well, it's of kind of is. like you prioritize what needs to be prioritized yeah. you know and yeah. you don't sink into the the doubt or the fear you're just like well I don't really have time for that because I want this thing and I have to go after it. It reminds me of something I heard Kevin Hart say in his documentary on Netflix, which was really, really good to watch. Mm. Um, and he was talking about his success in life and him being, you know, always presenting himself as the most hardworking man in Hollywood. And he was saying for him, he was kind of saying, you know, I have this one life, this one opportunity. And when you get your opportunity, you have to maximize it. Mm. And that's always stayed with me, just maximizing your, your opportunity. Yeah. Tell a lie. I remember something oh. that I'm actually scared of. <laughs> I'm not scared of because I don't think about it. Mm. But I'm scared of going, like as in passing away, and not being remembered for oh, really? what, I, what I feel like. Your legacy should be. Yeah. Mm. That's probably my only fear. 
I want to be remembered for what I want to be remembered for rather than being Oh, no, Darren, yeah, 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 yeah. Mm. yeah, fair enough, yeah. I mean, do you know what? I think strong, a lot of people feel like fun. that, though, really. Because it's so, I think it's so, like, death is so infinite, final, mm. finite, infinite? No, mm. yeah, finite, it's just, no, infinite. Mm. Um. So, yeah, it's kind of like, well, what happens? <laughs> like, mm. one day I'm here, the next day I'm not, and like then, if you and don't, then, like, don't a year later. the legacy. What is it, What yeah. is it? So well, I try not to think about death that's itself, a good because... Thing. Yeah. I feel like when you think about death, it's just... No, but th- again, twice. so... No, I don't... Okay, so yeah, don't think about death like that, like the end result. But actually thinking like that and thinking about... Thinking about your fear and thinking about your legacy or what you want to leave will spur you to do, to take action now yeah. while you're yeah. alive. Mm. So in a way, don't make it your every thought when you wake up. <laughs> <laughs> do you know what I mean? But also, you know, like you should think about it and think, yeah. okay, what is it? I'm, what is it that I want to leave behind? Yeah. Like, what mm. is it? What is the stuff that I want to do? But it's mad because I think just like fear is. Because you know, I was looking at <laughs> I was looking at something and it was like you know like fear in the movies. You know, like there's that's what mm. I say. Like I always think like fear. There's like the good like some people like to be scared. It's the an emotion. It's an adrenaline. It it can fuel you to do more. Mm. You know, like that fight or flight feeling when you get into a situation where you're like, I need to save myself. So it can be a good thing, but Mm. it can be also really like gripping to the point where you, you, you're stuck and you can't, you can't do anything. But I was thinking also like, you know, when you're a child on that aspect of fear being a good thing, it's the thing like actually, you know, when you're, when you're a kid and you're probably like, months old like mm. under two you have no fear of anything yeah you'll touch a flame mm. and actually you know you'll you you know you'll just run you'll go <laughs> anywhere you'll go That's anywhere so it's true. just like everything like and there's something quite beautiful about the world being limitless yeah mm-hmm. because there are no fears and then you get to an age where your cognitive mind starts to work and you mm. you get exposed to stuff pictures TV environment, mm-hmm. your parents telling you no, and that that brings in that's learned fear that comes in. I think also as you kind of get older as well, it's the consequences of your own actions have definitely instilled more fear in me. You know, from yeah. being younger, more carefree, and then thinking, oh, that was <laughs> that went down the wrong way. I need to yeah, think yeah. twice, Rain kind of in. thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that one too many drink. I was like, I'm going yeah. back there again. <laughs> exactly. So yeah, I think that kind of um, changes your your relationship with with taking chances on certain things or just being like, oh, Evan, let me just do this, that, and the other because you know what can happen. Yeah, but again, that's what I mean about being mm. older. Like, you know, and wiser. Yeah, is it? Yeah, mm. I mean, is, is it wiser though? Because I think like, you know, like you look at the young ones on the streets now; they're fearless. And mm. when I look at like some of the people doing like big bits on the internet and like yeah uh, you know instagram and making money they are fearless like that is just like wow yeah but as you get uh, like elder older there comes a level of learned like Mm. i'm afraid i'm uncomfortable i don't like this feeling so you don't want to revisit it yeah you know and it's a good thing sometimes because you you, like you said you learn from it like Mm. you know depending on the situation one too many drinks one too many Mm. beats one too many whatever it is Mm um Mm. And you, you know not to go there again because that yeah. loss of control and that feeling of being unstable you don't like. But when you're slightly younger, that that energy, that fear gives you, or you don't even think about it. You're like, do you know what? Mm. I'm going to do this anyway. I don't give a damn. I'm going to put myself out there. It's like amazing. So yeah. it is kind of like, 
it's a, it's def- definitely like a double-edged sword about how how you use it sure. do you know what yeah something that you said is is just resonated with me because i feel like there is the fair link to trauma but i feel outside of that every other fear is almost taught i believe so after just listening to that i feel mm-hmm. like unless you've actually gone through something and then that that in itself is giving you fear of going through that again it's almost always taught because yeah i'm just sitting here thinking of different si- things in my life that i was once you said anxiety is part of mm. fear right there was because th- i wouldn't class it as fair fair but yeah things that i was On anxious level, of. Yeah, yeah yeah and i'm just sitting sitting here thinking that all of that was taught to me like but the moment i've gone through it i'm not fearful of it anymore yeah mm. so then was it really fair i feel like the only real fear is trauma me personally mm. yeah such an interesting way of putting that yeah that i think you're right. I was looking at trauma. small little examples like as mm. a especially as a man like the fear of rejection that goes out the window really early especially the generation i grew up in there was no well, <laughs> let me not say there was no internet but you mm. had to approach people yeah. in real life yeah so. yeah no you're right if you think like yeah let, i mean look we've talked about dogs we've talked about water <laughs> like think about all the fears you mm. know like you're right a lot of that is learned things yeah that your environment will tell you so yeah mm. maybe you're right i think there is like trauma is like a pure fear yeah like some kind of trauma whatever that is is a is a very pure form of fear um and that's not to discount anybody that's listening to this if Mm. you have any problems with fear i suggest you call the samaritans (laughs) 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 but you know i'm not trying to i'm not trying to underplay anyone that does suffer from fear because it is there are levels of it and it is serious but i think you're right i think there is that kind of traumatic fear that is that is kind of instinctual mm. inside of you mm. and then a lot of all, all our fears are learned from mm. parents friends family environments yeah um I think, experiences mm, i think fear combined with intuition as an indicator can be quite a good thing though like to protect you you know like say if you're around a certain person or if you're about to do something that your gut is saying just mm. don't do it that's when fear really is your friend because that's your intuition i believe guiding you away from something or warning you about a particular person yeah yeah yeah, yeah. oh my gosh yeah have you ever have any of you ever been scared of a person yeah, I think especially when you're a kid, there's definitely people that you'd be scared of. What about now? Are you still scared of anyone? Scared of anyone now? I don't think I'm scared of anyone as in a particular person now, mm. but I definitely hold certain fears of what someone may be capable of doing to me. Yeah. You know, like. It would be false to say I'm scared of my manager because I'm not. If you're listening, I'm joking. I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> Don't fire her. I ain't scared of you. <laughs> but I'm scared of the fact that they could fire me yeah. if they wanted to, yeah. you okay. know? Yeah. And I'm not scared of... I'm not scared of the man walking on the street across me, but I'm scared that he could try and kidnap me and throw me in a car, you know? Yeah, I know. I suppose like, of the situation as opposed yeah. to... The, yeah. 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 No, I think when I was younger, mm. I mean, I think initially my parents were the two people that I was just continuously frightened of. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, my mum could, could dish out some... <laughs> I'm just thinking about it now. <laughs> my God. My mum... I remember, like, I can't even know what I did. My mum made me kneel in the dark all through the night 
oh my, my God. arms outstretched. <laughs> oh my uh, it looked Jamie. like I was stumbling on. I can't even remember what I did, but <laughs> like that, like oh, there was wow. real fear in my mum. Like my mum and dad did not play when it comes yeah. to punish, punishment. So I know neither did mine. I was the, definitely born in the the get beats era yeah, for sure. <laughs> and I was dumb. I used to always run, but I'd run in the bathroom, so I was trapped. <laughs> there was nowhere else. <laughs> No. <laughs> to go. Oh no, my mum laid up proper punishment, boy. Mm. She wouldn't even. She wasn't. I mean, yeah, I'd get beat, um, but my mum would give out punishment. Like, whew, yeah, that's like, that's yeah. It's over. Um, <laughs> so they were initially, I suppose, the people that mm. I was afraid of. And then you kind of get to a point, you know, your chest gets a bit big, mm. you get a bit taller. Yeah, then you're like, I ain't afraid of you. What about now? <laughs> okay, you know, and even still. Mm. yeah and then i suppose you're right and then fears i mean i've been fortunate i would say i have never been in a situation where i have been afraid of another individual mm. for my own personal safe safety i think yeah. i've been really fortunate in that instance but i know women or and men who who have been like whether that is mm. you know what i mean an, uh, another brother that's about to take you down or a woman and a mm. man in the situation so yeah i've been fortunate like that but i think again like on the flip side, like Cam said, the fear of the power other people can have over you. Mm. Yeah. Whether that is, you know, they could end your career. They okay, know something yeah. about you. Yeah. That kind yes. of fear. Mm. They know something about you. They could end your career. That yeah. kind of fear. Um, but again, I think when I've been in those positions, ultimately I have got to a decision where I've had to make a choice. And I'm like, who is worth more? In this mm. like who's worth more me or you and ultimately yeah, it always yeah. has to be me yeah so then i'm like well you know what if you're gonna do what you're gonna do you're gonna have to do it because mm. I, I, you know like again i suppose it's like i'm worth more and i will find a way to come out of this and mm. whether that is going to get help from somebody else whether that is tapping into my self-worth mm. and trying to find my own way of, of kind of getting through that fear mm -hmm. So yeah, there's, there's definitely been incidences yeah. where people have had the <coughs> the power to mm. um, to sort of do stuff to my career, and they have done. Mm. And yeah. you know, it hasn't always ended positively. Yeah. But do you know what? Years down the line, I've come back from that. So okay, yeah. do you know what I mean? I'm kind of like at the time, you're devastated. You're like, you know, where's this going to go? How am I going to pick myself up? How am I going to get another job? Um, but you know i then and again it's going back to that kind of like mm. you have to build yourself up you have to build your confidence up you take each day like really slowly and try and pick yourself yeah. up reach out to help do not do those various things that are the tools that are available to you like and and also just look at it look at the situation and be like okay how could i have handled this differently or how could it have gone differently yeah mm. um I think yeah. one thing I want to say as well about trauma-based fear that I've been learning, I feel like there's often this kind of thing of like, if you go through a certain thing or experience something, there has to be something that comes from it, like a lesson or mm. this or that. And I think one thing that I'm kind of learning about that, especially when, when there's so many kind of self-help books and this and that, there's this tendency to kind of feel like, okay, if I've gone through this, I'm here to help someone else or do something or whatever. And I think one thing that I'm really learning is to accept being not okay with certain things, you know, and just leaving that there. Like not everything has to have this 
supremely positive outcome or you know has to birth something new some things have happened and it's okay to not be okay with that and just just allow yourself to walk away and Mm -hmm. kind of leave your fear there and you, you not kind of carry that burden or responsibility that you now have to do something with it I think that's been an important lesson for me yeah I guess that, I mean mm. I don't know I was thinking about that I obviously everyone get you get something yeah. from it like you get strength you get wisdom you get a lesson but it doesn't need to be find the lemonade in yeah, everything yeah, yeah, or the yeah. silver cloud in mm. everything you don't have to force yourself to feel that this terrible thing has oh god yeah. a positive outcome yeah 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 because some things just are terrible some things, things. Are yeah but if you don't get anything okay. from it are you able mm. to not revisit it what do you mean like if you're not getting if something bad's happened and you just leave it there are you able to just and you've taken nothing from it are you mm. able to just move on without revisiting that bad thing yeah i think so if you've healed through it then you can mm. obviously you can't just ignore it because it grows and it i feel what is ignored seeps into different areas of your life and becomes a subconscious thing Mm, that's just coming out. But if you have had your cry about it, you've journaled about it, you've made peace with it, there's some things that you just have to accept for what they are, you know? And I think one thing that's kind of driven me crazy is like, okay, but what's the, the, you know, the magic beans, what's the beanstalk that comes from this? And it's just like, it's okay. Like not everything is going to birth, grow. Some things will just be soil and that's fine. Yeah. Mm. But in it, yeah, no, you're right. You're right. I'm trying, I suppose I'm trying to, because I'm sort of thinking like you, Darren, thinking there's, there is always something, but you're right. You know, sometimes mm. it's just, that was a shitty experience. Yeah. Mm. Not everything and has to be productive. Yeah. Or and I've dealt with to, it and I've yeah. moved on. Especially as a creative as well. Cause I feel like every experience I've gone through needs to have some meaning or to create a poem out of it or to have something, but that's not always going to happen. Like there's some things that all it requires is acceptance, you know? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I mean, again, that's, but that is, what is it? There's a, the seven, so oh, I can't think what they've got. Not the seven stages of fear. Seven stages of grief. Yeah, and acceptance mm. is one of them. Yeah, you know, I think it's the final, the yeah, final stage. Maybe it is. Yeah, and acceptance. Yeah, mm. acceptance is one of them. You know, yeah. denial and mm. all of that. You know, yeah. and that was all fear based. You know, like yeah. denying something, um, rationalizing mm. it. You know, so yeah, I think acceptance is a big part of fear. Yeah, and I think that's why it's really important. You guys doing this is really good because I think not enough people talk about fear or like Thank negative you. yeah or, or no what is no, i don't want to say negative but emotions that people feel have like negative connotations mm. yeah like I, I talk um hopefully i'll produce in a podcast Ooh. it's called the pivot playbook but it's one of the things called? it's called the pivot playbook oh i like that um, yeah exactly and that's <laughs> what it's about because you know what like shitty yeah. things are not and one of the things i talk about is the lessons are learned when you are ugly crying into your pillow. And that kind of yes. contradicts some of what you were saying, but it is true. Like, <laughs> mm. like we have all, like... But that is acceptance, yeah. you know, just sitting in it and letting yourself cry about it yeah. and just let, let it move through your body. Yeah, definitely. Mm. And I think it's that kind of, like, acceptance of fear and understanding that this happened. It's an yeah. ugly moment. But again, I go back to that mm. kind of, because I'm very much, I think I'm quite a positive person. And I think there is that kind of growth mindset that says, okay, 
I'm in this emotion now, mm. but I'm not going to be in this emotion forever. Like, yes. yeah. I've been through, um, I mean, I've, like the, a lot of the reasons why I do what I do and I probably talk the way I talk now is because across my life, I have been through um, abuse in my family, um, sort of two different types of abuse within my family, within my immediate family. Um, I've lost my daughter, so my daughter died. Uh, I, I lost her through like miscarriage. So I've been through death. I've lost my dad. I've lost jobs. Um, I've, I've had like low self-esteem because I lost my daughter. I have had sort of depression. So like mm. those kind of like things, those sort of like negative emotions and those, you know, a lot of that was brought on there was fear around those things and mm. negativity um but i've got to a place now where all of those things make up who i am mm -hmm. yeah and i'm kind of like some of them i've learned lessons some of mm. them i've just accepted like and, I, and actually all of them i've accepted like yeah i'm actually very grateful now for all of the shit things that have happened to me because mm. i'm yeah. now this person yeah um and that's been great. Like I wouldn't have got to be this person if those shitty things. And at times I was like, I that hell man, I've had a lot of shitty things happen. Like, you know, when you're like, yeah. why me? Like, why? Why mm. am I still, like, why is this <laughs> Give shit me a break. Yeah, why is like, it? <laughs> give me a break, you know? Oh, I um, hear that. Mm. But I now accept that each and everything that's happened to me has got me to this point and mm. I feel really good. Yeah. I feel really good. So I'm kind of like, you know what? You've, you've got you've got to recognize that there are going to be highs and lows in your life and you've got mm. to embrace them but you've also got to understand they're not permanent yeah like i think so like i've talked before not here but in other places where people say like you know this is gonna i'm not gonna try i don't want to try and trivialize it but and i didn't have depression in in the scale where i had to be on tablets mm. but i got very sort of like mild depression is the only way that i would certainly describe it for me anyway and now when I find myself slipping and like you said, Darren, like we all have low moments. Yeah. I also know that those moments are not permanent. Yeah. If I don't want them to be. Yeah. Yeah. yeah like, yeah. like it's okay to have down days. It's okay. But boy. Updates are coming. Yeah. Updates are coming. And you know, like I said, to, I'm, I was on talking another podcast and I said like three days in, like that's my limit. I'm like, okay yeah it's time three, to get three it days it's yeah. time to pick yourself up you gave me that advice a while ago and i literally have never forgotten yeah, it you know you just give yourself up. two three days and yeah. then time to get dressed and yeah it do is what you, you know and, 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 yeah. and it's it's and it feels so hard i mean even that in itself you is, is like a fear because you're like oh jesus that like have i really got to try and do this have i really mm. got to try and force myself but the the action of like picking yourself and daily trying to mm. like and I, I, I use the word force something, but you know, like if you force it, eventually it will come naturally because yeah. like depression and fear can take you for a very long time and it does. And, and um, you just, you have to, well, if you have the mental strength to, mm. and especially depending on what level of fear it is, there are times where you have to be like, right, I need to get to grips with this. Yeah, like, yeah. It, it's going to destroy me you know, on a really large scale. One question for both of you. And I can kind of answer it, but not really. But um, are there any fears that you have as a parent? Mm. Oh, maybe not in regard to your your child, but maybe even just fears around you as a parent. Um, I'm still relatively new to it. So, mm. how was it? How was your little one? Two. Oh, two and a half now. Yeah, yeah. So. 
<clears throat> I don't really think there's much at the moment. It's more when he gets older, I think I'm going to have mm. more on my mind. Right now, it's just more about... I'm trying, I'm trying to practice this thing, because like you were saying, a lot of it is hearing no. I'm trying not to say no, but mm. he pushes me. Yeah. <laughs> he pushes me. I don't <laughs> want him to be accustomed to hearing no, no, no all the time. I want him to mm. actually be able to try things within reason. Mm. Hurt yourself a little realize why i'm saying no yeah and not want to do it yourself again but um yeah other than him hurting himself really i don't really have many fears of him as a child at the moment Mm. as me as a parent hmm again right now i wouldn't say so as long as he well i'm in i'm actively in his life maybe if i wasn't in his life wasn't living with him those kind mm. of things I'm, I might have more fears of like making sure he yeah. recognizes and understands who i am to him but because i'm there i literally don't have any fears of that um, yeah, yeah, yeah. i don't know they, i mean i think there are, there is for me i think like um my son's seven mm. and actually do you know what i i, I, I started thinking i was struggling with that but actually my fear is raising a black boy in london mm. like like what what am i gonna do mm. like that is my fear i'm 50 mm. 50 on it though really or maybe because i am a black a black yeah. boy that was raised in london so yeah. i know it's crazy and the media does make it seem even worse but even being outside i do see how mad it is um yeah <laughs> going even going back to like my old area and stuff and seeing some of the youngsters and how their approach to life is i wouldn't say it scares me but it does worry me a little bit Again, but that's yeah, exactly that. A little so bit. yeah, it's mm. like when I say fear, I suppose because like, again, like we said, like there are very levels of fear. So when you say fear, people think the most mm. like mm. gripping time. So when I say that it that's fear, it's not a fear. I'm not afraid of it. I wouldn't want to live anywhere else. Like yeah. I never understand people that are kind of like, oh, I'm gonna move outside and go to Hertfordshire or Bedfordshire. But you see that I want to do that, but really? that's my fear of raising a child outside of London because that's an environment I'm not privy to yeah mm. yeah yeah see um, whereas i've always lived in london so yeah. i love living in london i yeah. like, i always say i always might you know what when i the first mm-hmm. time i bought a house i was like there needs to be a corner shop within 15 minute walk because <laughs> when i want to run out of risla i need to be able to walk to the shop and then when when your kids are old enough you can be like run to the corner yeah, shop yeah that was me. like but I, I i can't be dealing with like you yeah. know my, my friends live out in uh like they live in they used to live in uxbridge and they moved out to St. somewhere called st giles which is like near Denham. It's not really that far off the A40. Mm. Come six o'clock, there's not a shop in sight. I'm like, uh-uh. Six o'clock? Six o'clock, this that's is That's like, way too, that's that when you mad. need a shop. Yeah. <laughs> so like, I, this is what I mean. So for me, li- living mm. in London is a, is a, there's non-negotiable. Yeah. Like, I, I, like, wouldn't be. I like what you learn when you live in London as mm. well. You know, there is a, a lot of diversity. You can walk down the street and you'll hear so many different accents and languages. And I think that's important. You mm. don't get that yeah, everywhere. Yeah, I love the street smarts that living in London gives yeah. you. That education just don't, can't provide you. Yeah. So, but I do, it's not a fear because that makes it sound dramatic, but I do worry that I am bringing up a black boy in mm. London. And, you know, with that comes challenges that we're Mm. all too aware of and i mean like so this happened this year um and i won't really give too much details around it but like a young black boy i know was walking to school and um with his friends and they got approached by another black boy and by the end of the altercation one of them died and he was just going to school i mean it it was just so random it was like eight o'clock in the morning he was just going to school (sighs) 
crazy. Do you know what I mean? Like, what, what, in your mind, I don't, like, A, I don't understand, like, and I'm a black woman, person of the black community, but I'm also like, what was in your mind that you were going to step to another boy of 15 with a knife at eight o'clock in the morning in your school uniform? Like, what was in your, like, what, what would you be thinking about? So that's what I mean, like. That's so mad. Yeah, and, and because I've had that personal experience, and there's lots of other experiences like that, but, so for me, there's a real fear of lack of control. Like, I can, mm. I can, you know, and I'm sure you will, you feed your children with as much kind of positivity as you can, ha- as you have access to. Mm. Um, but even after all that, my son could just be going to school and, and I know anyone, I'm not saying just black kids, yeah. Yeah. but yeah, anyone, yeah, yeah. but like, mm. that is my fear. So there's fear of, but there's, it's a heightened fear of especially being black. But, mm. um, so there is that love, that is my, that is my fear as a parent. Um, yeah, I suppose that's my main fear as a parent is just like, mm. ugh, man. That is the problem though, because. That is a real fear. Prior, you to, prior to you saying that, my question would have been like, how confident are you of analyzing these friends? To make sure he's in the right circles but then what you just said just highlighted something that i kind of overlooked is that a lot of the stories that i am hearing recently are just innocent people that's got nothing to innocent. do with anything yeah getting caught up in a situation so it's, it's really that kind hard. of even goes yeah. out because so like you want to give your kid their freedom yeah but then most you won't care about their freedom if they're not safe yeah. you know exactly. so it's really and that it's is it. really so tough yeah i mean there's definitely yeah. definitely a fear of um I always think actually I always say to people like when you ha- when like you've got a small child when you've done that first year I'm like congratulations you kept the fear is just keeping them alive it mm. gets so much worse mm-hmm. like I'm not a parent <laughs> just keeping them alive man I'm not a parent <laughs> but my fear. my youngest brother is 15 now so he's at that age where he really needs his freedom like this is what's going to be shaping his mm. personality going out with his friends and it honestly again i'm not a parent but there's a large age gap between us so you know that sister line has often been blurred but honestly when he's out with his friends i'm just on the edge of my seat (laughs) just waiting till he comes home and when he's late i'm just like i look at my mum and i'm like i can't believe i did this to you for so (laughs) many years because it's so hard like you really get get so so stressed out you know like even yeah you just you just get so stressed out it's not easy keeping keeping them safe and finding that line and I think one thing that I'm that that really does terrify me you know especially in the areas where I live where there's always so much going on it's not particularly super safe and the possibility of something happening is just getting higher and higher but then again it goes back to what Darren's saying you know that's learned fear like that fear is because you know what you were doing at that age you know the kind of mess Mm -hmm. and it's so mad like the the messages that you pass on to your your kids as well because I was even telling my brother like when you're walking hold your bottle like this so if someone's (laughs) coming up you can (laughs) (laughs) what's going on over there hold on See, that's London life for you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. literally. I was like, don't hold your bottle from the front, hold it from the back yeah. so you can swing up. <laughs> kinds of comments. It's so funny. But I, I'm loving that we can laugh about it because these are the kinds of London conversations mm-hmm. that we have. Yeah. yeah. yeah outside of, like, as I call it, Muku land. They're not having these conversations. Who's <laughs> trying it's to throw a bottle yeah. in Bedfordshire? For real. Um, and it's like, put your phone away because yeah, you don't want anyone exactly to see that, that you've got exactly a phone. That, exactly that. All these things. But, you know, like, to, actually, going back to something Darren said, and just because I've had the conversation with another parent, I know that, mm. you know, each their own, like, if you were moving out on that is, I get, I get it. I get mm. what it can offer families and, like, the expense of living in London. Mm. But then I've talked to a woman who did that and 
she's sending her child to a school that is predominantly uh, white. Yeah. And her kids are mixed. And she's like, she like it's now causing slight problems. Yeah. And she didn't really, she was like, at the beginning, it was all about, I want them to go to the best school and do, have mm. these opportunities. But the lack of visibility of people that look like him, the lack of diversity in the school. Like, it really affects you. Really has affected her, like affected her. She's got two kids has really affected her second one. And, and he's in primary school, about to go to secondary school. Oh, that's so young. So she's like, now that's now she's had that experience, she's mm. using that to have a very different lens on the secondary school she's going to send him. She, yeah. she walked into secondary school and they had jollof rice on the menu. And she was like, <laughs> <laughs> already, we like, we, we, you know what I mean? Because we if you can, yeah, but if you can show that, you, yeah. know, you can show diverse foods and yeah. that kind of thing, then it shows us a level of understanding. Yeah. 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 So you it need is, it. it is it's hard. really, really important because even with my cousins, they live out in the countryside and the girl, she's in kind of like her younger years in secondary school and being around predominantly white people, people who do not look like her, it's affecting her a lot in terms of her own self-esteem mm. and what she finds attractive or unattractive in herself. And it's so important to, you know, be mm. around people who are different to you and who also are similar to you mm. so that you can you can Balance relate to something yeah things. again like yeah mm. you know and that's that fear thing because then you start to you start to you know whether you call it fear or anxiety whether you you know like you start to sort of look at yourself in, in as, negative, the odd one out. as the odd one out yeah. and that creates those emotions within you yeah. Um, and they, again, they, they, it creates like learned emotions because mm. nobody looks like you. And the things yeah. that are good about you suddenly feel not good because your only goal becomes to blend rather yeah, than yeah. to. I be think that's who it. You, you don't want you don't want the person to lose. Depends how important it is to you, but for me, it's mm. very important that yeah. he doesn't lose his culture. Yeah. Like yeah. He knows he knows exactly who he is, what where he's coming from. Yeah. Mm. Well, obviously, if you're in certain areas and that's all you're seeing, is because they spend more time at these places of being taught things mm. at school. Mm. But then it becomes, the onus then really becomes on you to ensure that you're coming back to the ends. And to make sure, like, yeah, Do you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, you're coming yeah. back to the ends, you're going to like, I don't know, mum, relative, auntie, mm. grandma, whoever's yeah. house for Sunday dinners, and you're seeing the big pot, the big pot of like curry goat and mm. you know, whatever it is, like you, it, it can be done, but then the onus really is on you as to the parent sure, to yeah. make sure that yeah. those connections to community are there. And like, fit, you know, like, filling his room with images of, you know, his identity mm. and that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. But on a slightly different note, I wanted to ask, favourite horror movie? Uh, none of them. You will <laughs> never catch me. <laughs> oh. oh, really? Have no, you... never. You know what? I watched a couple of horror movies when I was younger. You know what? Even talking about it oh is bringing flashbacks days. and I'm getting scared. But I used to watch it on mute and on fast forward on the scary bits because <laughs> I understood that they just build anticipation. I was like to my brother, if we just watch it like this, we'll be okay. And he was like, you're ruining the movie. <laughs> I was like, no, we know how to break the scariness. But honestly, I really hate scary movies. Always have an I was younger I just don't like it and ever since I've kind of gone more into my spirituality and I'm like this shit really could be real I just cannot even <laughs> go near it <laughs> I can't yeah. I hate you I just live in fear Darren, any I don't favorites? I don't go out of my way to watch horrors because I'm not a fan of them like that mm. but what would I say my favorite is Oh, you would have to ring off names because I don't know. Paranormal them. activity, the omen. No, you one, see, two, like, you see Freddy stuff Kruger, like Halloween. You see the stuff like what she said, the omen, and that. Mm. I wouldn't watch it because stuff much. that's a bit too. 
could happen. It's not even. I don't know if it could happen, but it's just a bit too sick and twisted to me. It's okay. a little bit too, yeah, yeah, a yeah, little yeah, bit yeah. too much. Even the person Ooh, that's, I'm I, I start to think about the person that wrote it. Yeah. Like, what have you? <laughs> what, <laughs> what have what you kind seen? Where did your mind <laughs> go? <laughs> how do you just make that up? If you don't just make that up, surely. Yeah. Well, I kind of I mean, yeah, do you know I what? Know. I, I'm not a huge horror fan. It's not my favorite genre, but. You know, like when I was growing up, it was like it was when all those Freddy Kruegers, Halloween, Jason. I don't mind them too much. No. I, actually, I, don't, I don't like gory things at all. I hate that, so. Blood. There's horror that's gory. Yeah. And then I think now in more modern times, we've gone down the road of the psychological. So for me, like, did you mm. seek it out? I haven't oh, seen it. Yet. I watched it on Fast Forward. You didn't. I had to. <laughs> I need to watch out. it. I need to watch it. Just I was watching a it for brilliant Fast Forward. mix of humor and horror like I not, just, no, horror is almost the white the, okay mm. i say psychological horror yeah, yeah. and like you know like i find there's nothing even worse because anything about the mind this. i'm yeah, like that could be out. real yeah yeah you know yeah, and yeah. that that terrified i cannot deal and there's with a lot it. more of those kind of psychological horrors which i think freak me out even more because yeah. the core and like to me that's manageable because my mm. brain goes that's i actually real. find it funny a yeah. little bit a little mm. bit yeah. that sounds sick that's but so i find like, it yeah like do you know what because you know like, it's not real i yeah. actually like saw I yeah yeah i like saw. i saw no. i watched saw and i think like the first one and i <laughs> i remember watching it and then afterwards i was like that was actually a really well thought out well made f- it's like a re- really well made film yeah, and yeah. someone looked at me like did you not see that? <laughs> I was talking about the same thing. I was so sick. And I was like, no, but to, like, the way they put it all together, all the interlocking mm. like games that they had to play, I was like, actually, as a piece Never of, as a it. body of work, mm. <laughs> yeah, as a body yeah. of work, as a really professional, you know, my like, academic take on yeah, this. Yeah, my academic lecture would tell you. So like, so, so, like, I don't get the, the horror stuff doesn't really no. frighten me. The psychological stuff is the thing that really see, the gets psycho- you, yeah. The psychological interests me. The horror, like, the violent stuff. So if it's not all the way through, I find it funny. It's just those no. spiritual kind of ones that, yeah. Freak so me the ta- fuck out. Okay, so talking about the spirituality side, then mm. I think that's what, like, where's your feeling around, the, what, what, what's the, where's the fear in that, the spirituality? Is it because it's the unknown or... I you think a little bit of that. <laughs> yeah. It's the possibility when I was young, that this could my be older real brother and I won't told even me know saw one. And since then, I've just kind of like... And that's the thing. Mm. I feel like you you can open the door to certain things the more you watch stuff and bring it into your consciousness. Mm. And I'm like, I don't want to be screaming <laughs> Jesus' name every night. I like, know, I need to... Yeah, <laughs> I don't yeah, want yeah, to yeah. open the door to those types of things. And I've seen somebody like have... Hmm? No, no, not like that. Let me finish that sentence. <laughs> we both turned our heads like, you saw <laughs> what? <laughs> I've seen someone this is have... turning into like a scary story have, um, segment. Sleep paralysis. Oh, next yeah. Next to me. Like, I've seen it happen. Where what, someone... you saw someone experiencing yeah. it? Yeah. Really? What did that look like? Well, I don't know because I was like half asleep kind of thing. Mm. But just to know that stuff like that can yeah. happen to people. Yeah. I just try and... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah definitely... That stuff is too much. Yeah. And I, I don't, don't want to live I don't mess a life about like that. with. It's funny because, again, we're talking about fear. So for me, like, mm. there is the kind of, like, I, I don't mess about with almost like the more intangible fear. Mm. Like, the, the things that my brain can't, because I'm mm. quite a real, realistic, logical, in certain ways, person. Mm. Um, that kind of fear, like, I'm not messing with you. Know, I remember like being at school and people like, do you remember the Ouija boards? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah stuff like you that. You will never find me with a Ouija again, board. 
I say the ethnic minorities, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we know, we know. Exactly. I'm, I'm telling you, like white people didn't play no with way. that thing all day long. <laughs> what, if, there's, if there's a door that's shaking, you keep that closed. No, that's <laughs> what I'm keep saying, that locked. That sort of like, religious no you know what even at night i make sure that all my cupboards are closed so they're not doorways <laughs> for entities to come in because i know that it can happen <laughs> even even if i've gone to bed and i've left a drawer slightly open i'll get out of bed and close everything because yeah, no, you got you. you got to keep yourself no, spiritually no. safe yeah yeah you have no, to no. i do hear you spiritually yeah. i don't mess about with that kind of thing no i, I don't. don't do any of like the occult and don't stuff. get me wrong I'm like i don't think that like i don't believe in these crazy demonic things or whatever i believe that it's all energy and it's just dense energy so it's nothing scary it's just the nature of whatever that thing is but i don't want that thing near me <laughs> so yeah, yeah. i'm not trying that. to open that. any doors or watch anything or try and connect with anything yeah that will right. yeah leave that behind do you have like no. favorite ones or top ones let's say ooh so saw get out uh so get out's actually classed as a horror well, yeah, man. It probably is, you know. I, think it, I think it is. Get out. It was class as a horror. It, it, it yeah. scared me. Yeah. <laughs> I was scared. Yeah, get out. Yeah. So, uh, now my brain's gone blank. It is actually listed as a horror. Mm. Yeah. Do you know what? I would say Chucky. But that's because... The doll. The doll. scary doll. But... You know what? The first Chucky, yeah, but once I saw Chucky's bride, I said, This is a oh, joke. no, no, my friend told me a really first funny Chucky, story. That actually got me a bit freaked out, and you know, that <laughs> thing. And then they started to do Toy Story, and then you're like, <laughs> Well, no, because you know, you went like, I was a bit like, The fact that Chucky was the first time where you see dolls, mm. you know, the, the bit where and dolls like that. really are so creepy, right, you know, they right? really are. So then you're like, Okay. Now my toy can come to life and kill me. <laughs> <laughs> so Chucky had me freaked out for a little while, uh, for a hot minute there. My friend told me about how she used to share a room with, with her sibling and there was like a shelf above um, his head and her doll, there was like a doll on top and they were sleeping and the doll fell on him. Oh, and no. it came, it happened after like Chucky came out. So she thought the doll was attacking him. She got <laughs> really scared. Yeah, and then obviously <laughs> they were you really know, young though. Exactly. Like no, no, school. but exactly that. So I think uh, those are definitely mm -hmm. three that I've stuck in my mind. When I was really young, I was so terrified of aliens because of X Files, and every time a car would be passing my window, I really thought it was <laughs> it was alien lights that were coming to get me. There was one episode that actually had me a bit funny. Whenever my letterbox would go, there was one first. I can't remember where it was. One alien that could. Stretch, Shrink. yeah, through letterbox. I know exactly what you mean. Whenever yeah, you used to yeah. have my letterbox at night, that's what I used to think of. That's oh the God. only thing. Yeah, but yeah, no, most of them I'm able to recognize that it's just a movie. But I think again, going like, I think that's a good example of like, like you said, suspense and building. Mm. It's like you get into a situation, and then yeah. there's like, it's how all the different layers build to make mm. you afraid. Yeah, you know, whether it is. And again, how your mind connects those dots. So yeah. like, whether you're walking down the road, so like the fact that it's nighttime, you're mm. instantly like, okay, I need to be a bit more aware. And then you, you might think, oh my God, there's one person, like mm. there's me. Like, I hate that feeling when you walk down the road and it doesn't, regardless if it's man or woman, there's only me and one other person on the road. I know, and I hate when they're behind you because you're like, oh my God, I'm yeah. exposed. I hate when they cross the road from me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I'm not going to do nothing. No, exactly, exactly, exactly. So it's just that kind of like, it's it's mad. So I think like fear again is all like, fear can be so built up, you know, like it takes. I love what, I love what you said about the fear of the unknown though, because I feel like that's such a 
thing you know and it made me i watched this uh clip on youtube and this woman was talking about the unknown and she was saying how no one's actually scared of the unknown it's not the unknown that you're scared of it's the possibilities that that are unknown you know like it's the possibility of this could happen that could happen but the way to kind of overcome the fear of the unknown is to keep focused on the possibilities that you want to happen from it yeah, I think that, but I think that's like mm. the, the takeaway from this today. I think is is really what you just said there. It's mm. that, and and again, I, I say this because I don't want to trivialize anybody's fear, but in certain situations, you what you said there is you can choose. Mm. Like, is it your fear of the unknown, or mm. are you going to reframe it and go, no, but I'm going to focus on what I do know. Yeah, you know, and I think that is that is the thing about fear. You know, at, find at the, the fact, find the yeah, truth. At yeah, the, at the lower levels, it's understand the fear and then find like mm. those tools that can help you get get through it and is yeah. it like are you going to focus on the stuff that is you know is going to keep you shook you like you have a choice mm. you can either focus on the stuff that's going to keep you shook yeah or you can focus on the stuff that's going to keep you like confident and help you get through it um and it is again like you know that like how your mind wants to make those connections so you yeah. either focus on the things that is going to keep you shook and allow your mind to keep making those connections mm. that keeps you in fear or you're like, right, okay, what can I focus on that? Yeah. You know, what connections can I force my brain and to I make? And I love that you kind of kicked off the episode talking about that, like, you know, working your way through the fear. Because I feel like whatever your fear is, if you kind of stick to that process, whether it's like an irrational fear or a trauma-based fear or a learned fear, it all kind of comes down to that same process and same thing. Ask yourself, where does this come from? Why is this happening? Mm. And then the answers will will give you what you need to know next yeah. to move through that. And I think that's such a strong takeaway to kind of take from this episode. I feel. Yeah. And even like I just mm. I'm sort of it's not happening to me, but um, I'm sort of in a situation vaguely through a friend of a friend who's trying to help someone who's trying to get away from an abusive husband. Mm. And when I said about like we we're talking about a fear, the power of someone having mm. over you. Mm. And it becomes a choice where it's about it's either about you or it's about them. Yeah. And I think. Well, no, I no, was just going to say, gonna say Go yeah, because on. one thing about abusive relationships as well, I feel like a big fear that comes from not being able to leave is that sense of responsibility that you mm. feel you have over that person. Because I know, you know, for me and what I kind of heard other people, like a common thread is the fear of, oh, well, if I go and I'm the only person they have, what will what will happen to them? You know, like that's such a strong thing. And one thing I want to say about that is abusive people will make you feel like you're the most important thing to them mm. as a tactic, you know, and that is a toxic thing because they will be fine without you. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. And yeah. that's what I mean. Again, it mm. becomes about, but then at a point, so in the, in this woman's, mm. um, this point, you know, like at a point you then go, is it about me or is it about them? So mm. like you can either let them keep telling you that mm-hmm. I need you, I can't live without you. So, yeah. th- so the conversation isn't about you, the conversation is about them. It's what yeah. about what they need. So you're, yeah. you're here because they need you to be here. Yeah. And that's how they keep their power. But ultimately at some point you then go, no, this is about me or this is about my kids mm. or, you know, like, and I think... It, not at every situation, but I think like, again, you know, looking at different levels of fear, there, there comes a point where you have to go, is it about me or is it about the fear that's holding Definitely. me there? And when you make it about you, then you can start working on how to One, 
hundred how to deal with it and mm. it, like again i think with the, another takeaway is that understanding the fear will never go fear never leaves us it is yeah. a useful tool it'll never leave us like i talked about fear of being in white spaces like that little gremlin still sits on my shoulder now mm. and i'm like in my 40s but i have learned to quieten that voice so and i've learned that when when it when it starts to pipe up i'm like okay 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 no like this is like it's trying to keep me in fear and trot me like i've learned to quieten that and so and then I have to go back into like, what is important? What I'm important. What am I trying to do here? Why am I trying to do it? So, yeah, I think it's really, and it takes, but it takes time. Again, I feel I'm so conscious time. of not trying to trivialize anybody that might be listening that yeah. that is going through such a tough, abusive situation or, you know, has different levels of fear because it's just like, we're having a great time discussing it here, mm. but it's, I know it's not easy. You know, I've been- When you're abusive. in the space, it's very been, different. You know, you know what, going back on what you just said about, is it about- them or is it about me it's so interesting because when I was kind of in a situation like that it was very much about them to begin with I was like oh are they gonna hurt themselves if I leave are they gonna be like this that and the other and then um it got to a point where I'd kind of left my job so I wasn't surrounded by the same kind of distractions that I was around to soothe myself and it was just me and that person and then my fear turned to oh my god it is just me <laughs> yeah. and this person how am I gonna cope with just this person yeah. here all the time all and trying like going because we argued and I was like I fear that I'm going to have to deal with this on my own now with no one around me no one to distract me. myself or help myself. And that's when that factor of is it me or is it them really rang true for mm. me. Because I was like, I really cannot do this anymore in this yeah, way. Yeah. And not mm. everyone can. Like, you know, I've, I've yeah. come from an abusive background and my dad mm. used to hit, um, hit my mum. And um, she never left him. Like, mm. And I actually asked her to quite a few times like yeah. when I could. And she never did. Um, and that's just like, I mean, I'm not even going to go into that, but that's whole like, you mm. know, traditional Nigeria and like I'm married, I'm staying married and, mm. you know, all that kind of stuff. And so it's just not, it's it's not as, I'm not trying to simplify. It's this. not as clear yeah, cut. Yeah, it's not as, as clear as, cut. Yeah. yeah. But having been in that situation and been a daughter of somebody who's been in that situation again, I think mm. it is, you know, it is that kind of, like at some point, especially when you're a mother it becomes is it it's about you or is it about them yeah and then when you when you find strength to make it about you that's when you can start working out how yeah. you can and it does take how you strength. can release that how that power that, that you know the power that they have of you can kind of go mm, yeah i feel so like the western yeah. world's kind of more empowering as well definitely but a lot of people mm. back in whether it's caribbean africa india wherever they have that village mentality almost mm. where you kind of just keep everything in the home everybody in the village knows that they're going through something so it's mm. a bit different yeah and it's almost like leave and go away almost yeah, thing yeah. whereas here there's more of a empowerment and you can see the possibilities yeah, yeah. Um, and there are possibilities but obviously yeah. people are still mm. there's almost like a guilt factor as well like if i do leave i feel guilty if that's something that's happened like you both were saying yeah yeah mm. definitely um Slightly different though, I wanted to ask, how do you separate fear from taking risks? Like when you're taking risks, how do you separate the fear aspect of it? Ooh. That is an excellent question. Good question Let me ponder. <laughs> <laughs> how do I separate fear from taking risks? <clears throat> I think, I think it comes down to, for me, is what is it doing for me 
you know like is this something like is this thing that is bringing me this emotion of fear or anxiety mm. based around something that is holding me back or based around something that will move me forward yeah. Yeah. you know okay. and if it's something like putting out an article or voicing something or be even being vulnerable you know I, I used to have a huge fear of vulnerability like if someone had done something to me i would cut them off so easy well you all know that like i would cut them off and just say i don't think we're compatible and not really say anything and it's taken me a while to learn like vulnerability is is a you know is a courageous mm. thing to do to say like this upset me and i feel like this now and i'm hurt that's that's a you know and that's a risk i feel yeah, yeah. that has a you know a um what's the opposite word to a consequence i'm trying to say like has a reward that okay. comes with it yeah. yeah but if it's a fear that's kind of holding me back then then that's a whole different thing that i'd have to evaluate yeah mm. fear yeah um and kind of weighing up as well you know like you always kind of have to weigh up is this worth the pros and the cons mm. of of what could come from this yeah no i agree i feel like sorry fear versus what was the other word risk risk, risk. fear versus risk i think with risk i think it's again i i'm a real person that that relies on my guttural yeah. instinct and feeling yeah. mm. and i think if i'm taking a risk generally if i'm taking a risk there's the potential of a positive outcome i think yeah. that's what you're saying about pro, mm. like moving forward i think that's a different risks you know, even at a basic level, let's spin a coin and see if I'm going to win this money at gambling. Mm. I could, or I might not. Yeah, yeah. But there could be a positive outcome. Mm. If I'm in fear, there's generally, it feels like, I suppose that's the difference how I would associate it, really. I can take a risk mm. and I can win, or I can lose. But also, if I take a risk and I lose, I'm still maybe okay with losing. But if well, I'm, if, yeah. you have to if I'm in how fear, you feel I'm if you probably lose. not. Yeah. yeah, and depends what you're losing as yeah. well. Yeah. What, if, what if what you're the risk is you do this one thing and you get everything you want. If you don't get that, you lose everything. Does that change the fear factor? Do you know what? That reminds me of that question years ago. It was like, would you sleep with Robert Redford for a million pounds? It was like a feel, decent proposal. <laughs> sorry, that's it. it was, uh, sorry, you just reminded me. I love that thread. Yeah, sorry, how. my brain just went there. Because um, don't, don't you remember when uh, Indecent no. Proposal came out and it was a couple, they had no money, and mm. it was like, do this one thing, let me sleep with your wife, and yeah. I'll give you a million pounds, and it'll change the rest of your life. Okay. And um, Crazy. That's okay. Mm. Yeah, they, they, she did it. Nah. And they broke up. Um, so, yeah. Um, it depends what you're asking to do. Yeah, mm. yeah. So wait. So your question is: Would you do this one thing and you can get everything that you want, mm. or and and the or risk? The flip side is you, you lose, lose everything. everything if you don't do it. it could okay, go so way. it okay. depends on the situation because if it's kind of like you can leave your job to make room for your dream, and you'll get everything that you want. Yeah. But obviously, you'll leave your job. I personally don't know because <laughs> it depends what you're risking. It depends what you're risking. Yeah. Because the thing is, like, okay, so someone said to me once, and the context is quite funny because we were talking about 
you know there's guys on online dating apps who just start off with something dirty <laughs> to get your uh, attention like they just <laughs> say like, some mad thing stay with me stay with me guys so they say something mad like oh you look so whatever i want to do this 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 okay. to you yeah just say something really out there make mm. it so obvious what they're down for and my and the guy i was talking to he was saying that's what my friend does on these apps and he was like his friend said it's high risk but high reward <laughs> because if that's what you want in the context of that you can say say something crazy and you know the other person might just ignore you or whatever but it just so could happen that the other person may be down and they might say something else back (laughs) so yeah running on that kind of concept Mm. with everything that you want i feel like with high risks there there is a high reward Yeah. yeah and sometimes you do have to you have to fall on faith Mm. you know and it's funny because before you asked the second question i was thinking when it comes to deciding between fear and taking risks i do fall back on my faith and i'm like you know if i want this thing or if i'm taking this risk i have to really trust in something bigger than myself which has proven time and time again that it's got me you know to believe that this thing will come to me so i don't know sometimes you can't just play it safe if you want yeah. more than just safety yeah, and comfort, you know? Like, it's a risk to put yeah. yourself out. Even this podcast is a risk. There's a risk that, you know, like, people might not like you or people will yeah. come for you or you can get cancelled. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> or no, people could crawl out from the floorboard they've been hiding under and say a bunch of stuff about you. Like, there's so many risks, but there's also a very, very high reward, you know? Yeah, so, no, definitely, yeah. yeah. I think risks have... Have high rewards yeah. and have, have high I think failure. you have to ask, like, does this risk question things that are important to me? Does it question my integrity, my dignity, mm. and my breaking promises to other people mm. by taking this risk? You know, like, is this risk jeopardizing things that are important to me about my character? Because then I feel it's not worth the risk. Yeah. No, If it questions your morals. Yeah. yeah. No, I like that question. Yeah. I still say it goes back to, would you sleep with... Would you let someone sleep with your partner for a million pounds? No. <laughs> no way. Everybody's I'm a price. jealous person. No way. You can't even talk to my partner for a million pounds. <laughs> oh, no. Brilliant. Yeah. But, um, but, yeah. I think that changes. It depends on the splits. We can split up. That's, that's <laughs> what we can do. <laughs> That's what yeah. can happen there. The risk is, <laughs> the risk is, is you, you lose me. Yeah, exactly. That's interesting though. Yeah. Um, <laughs> on the flip side, has there been anybody, either in your life or celebrity or story out there, who's overcame any fears that you can think of that's courageous anything like that yes so this you. is Ooh, actually guy. a this good is, question because this is, this is our this is <laughs> <laughs> yeah stealing my question but this is this is replacing our why our words of advice oh, segment yeah. to close okay. off the thing so okay. we wanted to ask because it's a halloween special did you hear yes. her she said it's a halloween special and i'm so annoyed <laughs> that i actually forgot to say it five more times throughout the thing <laughs> but I'll make up for it now. It's a Halloween special. So we're taking away the um, words of advice and replacing it with who is the most courageous person you know? Famous, not famous, dead, alive, oh character, God, real. Oh, no, you can't ask me that. 
Well, we just did. I know, I know, because... The funny thing is, I don't even have an answer for that. (laughs) Well, I do. There's there's like... Mm. There's too many. There's too many. Yeah. Okay, the reason why I say there's too many... So, like... I suppose like on a very basic foundational level, I'd say I look at someone like my dad mm-hmm. um, because like my dad's dead now, but he came like, he, you know, he came from a little village mm-hmm. in Nigeria and basically joined the army and joined World War Two, I think, or whatever it was. I mean, he was an mm-hmm. old dude, but, you know, like, and, you know, it went at the height of racism, got on, worked, worked in the British army, Traveled mm. around the world, going to some amazing countries. Like he went, I remember, I've read like his memoirs, and he went to Jerusalem when it was called something else. You know, like I just can't imagine what he faced. Mm. Like the, the the fear of like getting on a boat. You've never seen a plane. You've never seen a boat before. Like like mm. you know, can you imagine like the most rural? Like think of like any kind of like Africa that you've seen on TV, and like that is it. I'm like rural. Everyone's got lamps, and then you're you're like. I'm going, I'm, yeah. I'm going to do this. I'm going to go join the white people's army and I'm going to go on this adventure. I mean, that is Super overcoming brave. fear. Yeah. Then coming to England again in the time where it was like, no dogs, no Irish, no blacks mm. and surviving all that. So that in itself is it's kind of like, thing. wow. Yeah. Yeah. Like that, that is my foundational person. Where I'm like, mm. I can't imagine, like we don't have to do anything like that anymore. No. Yeah. That's like, true. You have to give your parents props. They yeah, can be you fuck do. ups. You do. I mean, a lot of our parents are fuck ups. Let's face it. But <laughs> yeah. you know, like <laughs> Sorry, that older Mom. generation. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oops, sorry. Oh, learn, learn. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. But you know, like you have to give them props for that. No, yeah. we don't. Ha- do. We don't. We don't. Whatever kind of racism we think we've seen, we it's ain't not seen the it same. Like, the stories that my dad it. has told me. Yeah. And he's first generation, but the stories are just crazy yeah, of what, exactly. what they kind of had to deal with in so the 60s. So there's that, and then there is, you know, and then, and then I just look at, I don't know, like, I mean, I could say things like Oprah, because I've read her book, and she's mm. been through, like, such a traumatic thing, and she's managed, yeah. she's such a, you know, courageous person, and where she's came from, and yeah. what she's overcome. I think anyone who has done amazing things based off of their trauma yeah. and being so vocal about their yeah. trauma is incredibly brave because it is not easy to say that those types of things have happened to you yeah. and especially after even it's not easy to even overcome them mm. so that's definitely but similar to you i was going to say um well kind of similar my my the most courageous person that i know is probably my mum because Again, going back to that thing about integrity, she's someone who through the years has constantly, her her morals have never really wavered. And my mum was someone who was born in a very Asian household, got married at like, got engaged at like 18, never got to speak to her husband, was sent from Birmingham to London, a whole new environment, had to kind of handle that herself, had me within a year of being married, wasn't allowed to finish school, you know, didn't have GCSEs or anything, kind of worked her way up at work, but then had to leave her job because of the kids, didn't work for 10 years, and all off her own back, just completely herself with no support from, you know, I mean, we supported her, but there's only so much support you can give as a child there's 
it's not the same as having the same support from your you know your peers or your partner but she got herself educated she did a course she's now a teaching assistant teaching send children like she tells me some mad stories about the kids that, that you know it's not an easy job and she's thriving in it and that to me coming from that culture that's something I cannot relate to because I just was not raised that way, thank goodness, mm. you know? So I cannot fathom, like I'm 28 and single, I can't imagine what it's like being, you know, married yeah. and sent off Three and kids. these strangers are now your new family and you do not yeah, know them. Yeah. And then not being allowed to educate. And she just did it, like, you know, she went through years of just juggling being a mother, kind of carrying the responsibilities that come with being a housewife to educating herself and just did it herself and you know what she never did she never complained i'm sure Mm. she must have experienced moments of doubt or where she felt Mm. like she may not have been able to do it but she just never said that she just did it and it was done and she did it like it was light work and that is so brave to do that yeah absolutely Mm. definitely definitely i agree with both of you um both like to Jerry's point, mm. anybody that's had to come here in the middle of that adversity, yeah. raise families and all of that, I always look at those people as just brave and almost like icons to be able yeah. to, because I can't mm. picture doing that. Um, no, especially with little money. Like my granddad came here with so little money. barely any money. And the crazy thing is a lot of them had ideas what the way the system was set up, Mm. it wasn't even possible to even no, do like, anything. I can't even imagine what that must have been like thinking that you're coming here imagining something totally different to what it was Mm. you know but still like you know like still look at the legacy that they have been able Mm. to to like i think it's amazing that you know my granddad came here from india with his whole family and then has grandchildren who have managed to educate like you know go to uni and do all these things that he just hasn't been able to like that's amazing that they kind of paved the way for that to happen Mm. yeah it's yeah. not something I could do. Yeah, no. I, think I like can't it, even go yeah, on a spa it's so, weekend. It's so hard because I think there's, <laughs> there's those kind of like inspirational <laughs> people in your family. Like yeah. I'm sure we've got. And then there's, like you say, like there's the icons and there's like mm. celebrities. And then there's people that yeah. stand out because of the work that they do, um, you know. Mm. Actually, I was, I was on a course today and they were talking about Nelson Mandela. Mm. And they were talking about actually, like he spent 20, 25 years in prison. Uh, that's so shame on me for getting that wrong. But shame on me for not remembering. But um, mm-hmm. yeah, but um, <laughs> in his book, his autobiography, it is only one chapter. Like that, mm-hmm. like if you think about that, that was the majority of his life. Yeah. But actually, he doesn't focus on it. Okay. And yeah. I was like, that really made me think I need to read this man's book because mm. I was like, wow, like that's that's you know that's such a huge chunk of your life yeah so i think there's also that those kinds of people where you're like wow like just anyone that's kind of overgone like you say adversity like that yeah um is kind of like so courageous i think anyone who has been through something traumatic and has found a way to focus on not toxic positivity or anything like that, but has found a way to focus on the good and nurture that is a very, very brave person Mm. as well, because that's just not an easy thing to do, you know? Yeah, definitely. All these people who who have done that and then being innovators to help others, that's so brave to me. 
to be able to I mean even myself there's there's some things that I have gone through I'm going through that I still don't have the courage to say mm. but, and it's just not easy to put your stuff out there like no. that mm-hmm. and have people you know to give people the tools to point a certain finger at you or to label you or put you in a box as something damaged in some way but to yeah, really no, cultivate that as a strength for yourself and others is so brave yeah no mm. agreed definitely who's definitely. your most courageous person darren you thought you got away with I it don't wanna put an, i don't want to put a name to yeah i've got two people in mind but i don't want to mm. put a name to it because i don't want i don't know they might not be comfortable with their business being mm. out there but there's people that's lost someone very close to them mm. and i've seen how it's affected them mm. um and to see how they've continued with life, mm. like to me, they're they're they're, they're yeah. very brave because from seeing how low they are, or was at one point, I should say, mm. to how they carry on with their life now, knowing that it still weighs heavy on them. Of course. Yeah, that's yeah. Yeah, because I've not been in that as close of a mm. situation. I've had people, but not that close. So yeah, 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 yeah. Mm. No, definitely. Yeah, we've you know, like, and I think that's that's a good note. Not trying to wind this up, but I'm going to say that's a good <laughs> note to end on. Though, like, you yeah. know, I think I said it before. Like, fear and change, and fear and courage, mm. kind of go hand in hand. Yeah, and like, fear is not a permanent state, or it doesn't have to be a permanent state. Yeah, you know, and yeah. I think like mm. that example there is brilliant. It's like people yeah. who've who've lost people who've been through traumatic situations can come out of it. You know, Halloween people is only one day. Yeah, <laughs> don't you know, be scared. Don't, don't be scared. scared. <laughs> um, you know, and it, and it is. It's like you know, you 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 can yeah. find a way out of it, and it doesn't yeah. ever really. Your go today away. is not your tomorrow. Yeah, exactly. Even if your today lasts years. Yeah, yeah you know, yeah. it's that's not just your a snapshot. And, it, and yeah, it, you know, that's the hardest thing sometimes, like believing that you can be yeah. a different person and your life can look different. But oh, if you look at your life today, it's already so different from how it was. Exactly. Mm. yeah definitely I had that moment recently where I was like there's so much more to go (laughs) the road is so long oh god yeah (laughs) and then I was like but look at how nice your room is it's changed so much already and you have to bring yourself back to even like the small things like that yeah Yeah. and I was lying in my bed and I was like isn't it so nice that you can be in this room that you love and have a nap you know your life wasn't like this a couple years ago that's good. <laughs> have a nap at what? You, you couldn't have a nap, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you had to nap in the toilets at work. That's that's what you were doing. <laughs> God, yeah, different. yeah, done different, that. Different. We've all done. Rest done your head on the on the toilet paper. The toilet paper. <laughs> oh lord, yeah. Right. Oh, one last question before we go. Go mm. for it. As is a Halloween special. Yeah, yes. Yeah. Halloween Ooh. party. Huh? It's a Halloween party. You will have to be one character. <sighs> Who are you gonna be? Oh, <laughs> I'm going to be the mask because I have such a good outfit planned for that. And I've had it in my head for years and I've never done it. As in the Jim Carrey, the mask? Yes. Really? <laughs> yeah. The green and yellow and everything. Yeah. The yellow Lots. suit. And yeah. <laughs> and one day I'll do it and you guys will be like, you're right. That was worth waiting for. That's a good outfit. <laughs> it was worth waiting for. <laughs> Jeez. Okay. It's Halloween. I'm dressing up. Oh, mm. Okay. The... Mm, That's a hard one because I'm struggling to think of not they have to be black, but you know when you think of horror movies like yeah, black yeah, yeah. icons from horror movies. I mean, I think <laughs> Candyman, <laughs> Candyman, isn't it? Um, I don't know. I hate dressing up, but 
But the picture, actually, okay, lie, lie, lie. The person that keeps coming, not that I would wear it, but for some reason is, um, what's her name? She is from the sort of DC comics. She's a girl. She's got the baseball back. Harley Quinn. Harley Quinn. Mm. She's a good one. I don't know why mm. she's the same. I think because my friend got dressed up as her mm. at the last Halloween party that I went to. Makes sense. I like that. What Makes about sense. you, Darren? Um, it would also be a DC character. It would either be the Joker. Good one. Or Bane. Both from Oh, that's a really good one. Bane is great. That would be my go-to. Oh. More, more towards Bane, actually. Who, who I like else would I be, aside from the mask? You know, I've been hung up on that for years, so I can't really... <laughs> I've, <laughs> gone, as, I've gone as themes before. Like, I've gone as a theme. So oh, really? Yeah, so a couple years ago... <laughs> I went as lust because I found a red dress that I really like. <laughs> <laughs> and my friend kept telling me, she's like, Cam, you cannot go as lust. I and I was like, say, yes, I can. You and I will. explain that every <laughs> time. Someone must have been like, what are you dressed as? Lust, like, baby. <laughs> lust. But yeah, just it was a really nice red dress. But then I was like, you know what? I can't. So I got bunny ears and I was like, I'm Jessica Rabbit. <laughs> oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then whispering, but I'm lust. <laughs> Crazy. Oh my god! But yeah, you and your cheeks need help. Your sick cheeks. My COVID cheeks. Your my COVID for your cheeks. Need help. <laughs> oh, too funny! Oh, awesome, All right, guys. Well, well note, thank you for thank coming you, again. Thank you. Peace out, people. Enjoy Halloween. Yes, Thanks, enjoy guys, Halloween. For me on again. Always appreciate. Oh, so fun. Again. Loved it. Loved it. And until next time. Yes. Until next time. We out of here. Take care, guys. Yep. Bye. <laughs> um, I was just gonna say, I just. Really